0: phone.
1: stand up together today. Praise God. Who believes that America is coming to Jesus? Amen. We're going to keep speaking those words of faith. Let's go ahead and say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Give the Lord some praise today. Well, we're going to take a few minutes here to go around and do a little meet and greet time. So go find somebody, give them a nice big hug or fist bump, handshake, whatever. Just spread some love today. Amen? Let's go. System that We've told you this several times, but anyway, help us over the next few weeks. Give us a little patience and leeway as we have a few adjustments here and there. It is a massive upgrade. Okay, we've got the biggest, best, brand new digital soundboard that is on the market. So, you know, thank you, Jesus, for that. Give a little, little price for that one. Amen. But there is a learning curve, all right? And so uh, we're just going to ask for your patience over the next couple of weeks as the guys really get used to it. And you may hear a few, you know, little squeaks and squeals of feedback, but it, we will get it smoothed out. It's just a little learning curve. So can everybody do that? Be patient with us. Amen. I promise to try to preach real good for you today, okay? How's that sound?
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so can I just liken it to this? That sound word is just... A testimony of God's goodness, okay, yeah. the faithfulness of our church family to support the local church to tithe, to give, and for financial stewardship. What a blessing it is to know that, uh, your church is, you know, that it sounds mean. Your pastor is not driving a Ferrari, you know what I'm saying? He's pulling up in his praise this morning. By is investing in the house of God. So praise God for that. And thank you, Coleman's, for all the prayer and all of those of you who have prayed over it. But I can liken our adjustment period to this. That, you know, when you became a believer and you started to try to adjust your words, and sometimes things came out that shouldn't have come out. There you go. <laughs> that's what we're doing with the Psalms, okay? Right. So just start believing for the sanctification of the sound. It'll be fine. Praise God. Anyway, um, today is general store for all of Children's Church. If your child is here for the first time or first time in a long, long time, um, they get to participate anyway, and they're going to get better stuff than everybody else anyway. So just send them up there. But what happens is children's in Victory Hall, which is behind us, and then children's in this room, they all meet in this room uh, immediately following service, and they get to use the points that they've gotten for bringing a friend, bringing their Bible, remembering the memory verse, behaving well in class, all those kind of things. Um, they get to go use those points for all kinds of fun things like score guns and slime and
1: things that will go on. You're welcome, home, and, parents. You're welcome.
2: Yeah. When when your kid gets in the car today, you just praise Jesus that your child was ministered to and is excited about being at church. Okay? Watch your words about this line, okay? You know, just praise Jesus. Anyway, you're going to pick up your kids in this room upstairs, okay? Um, it usually creates a little bit of a traffic jam, so be patient. They will, they will get it handled. Also, um, did anyone go? Well, not anyone. I was there. Those of you who went to Health His Way Saturday... New class? Okay. There's like four of us. Yay. Anyway, it was a really, really great time. Um, It's just a group that creates some accountability for making positive health choices the biblical way. So we meet at 7 a.m. in Victory Hall. and Rosalinda Palakiko leads that group, and so she was able to share part of, of her health testimony. And then we walked a mile, which is just like four laps around the parking lot. It was a great time. And uh, when you're sore after walking just the parking lot four times, you realize how much you need help his way. Yes. Praise Jesus. Amen. Yeah, so I was a little sore this morning. Praise God. Anyway, um, if you are interested in that, make sure to stop by the info booth and we'll make sure to get the text message out to you as well. This coming Saturday is the mother-son country breakfast. Yes. Country breakfast with mom. It's going to be wonderful. I've gotten to see some of the decor coming. It's going to be really, really cool, um, but this is one of the last times to sign up and pay, okay? So you need to make sure to stop by the info booth to sign up for that. We can pass around the clipboard. I don't have a pen for it, I'm sorry. Hold on, there is one. The Lord provides. Okay, so don't forget to sign up for that today and to pay, and reminder, Mother's Day is Sunday, Yes. Okay? Make sure you're in church with your mama. It's important. It's important. And if you haven't ordered gifts, do that. Okay? It's a lot of work to raise you. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, praise God. So don't forget Mother's Day this weekend, this Sunday. There's not going to be a PM service, but in the AM service, there will be a gift for every mother. As well as newest mom oldest mom and mom with the most kids in service, which is always incredibly entertaining, so don't miss that. Um, And then the following Sunday, so not Mother's Day, but the next one, they're doing a silent auction for the Honduras missions trip, and it's going to be really cool because there is all kinds of things at the auction. Normally, you know, like a silent auction or something, it's like you know, a signed baseball or whatever. This is like babysitting. And salon time and artwork, and it's gonna be great, okay? And it's all believers from within our body of Christ and the babysitters are all H E W C nursery trained. Yeah. Okay. Um so keep that in mind that your date night and your beauty time at the salon and all of that is all from believers sewing into your life. So as you sew into the missions trip and they go and change lives, you're gonna get blessed too. So silent auction on the 20th. Is that what that is? This not the 14th. This is the missions thing is on Mother's Day weekend. Oh, 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 great. So I'm just kidding on all that. So in case you forget the gift, don't buy it for yourself. Buy it for your mom. You know what I'm saying? Babysitting for mom. Hint, hint. Praise God. Okay, he sees that. Okay, if you're with us for the first time or the first time in a long time, it doesn't really matter if you're enjoying this craziness or not. We love you and we're really glad that you're here. Can you wave at me if if it's the first time you been with us? Okay, we have a gift for you. Uh, Miss Mother is coming, and if you would fill out that information and meet us at the info booth after service, we would love to bless you. There is some coffee included with that, so if you stay awake during service, we will reward you with some coffee. Yay, Jesus.
1: Yeah, Praise the Lord. Very good. Lots of good stuff going on. You know, my mom just asked me what I was going to cook for her for Mother's Day. There it is again. Hey, praise God. And I told her. Switch to my own mic. There we go. So I told Mom. She said, "What are you gonna cook for me for Mother's Day?" And I said, "You get some top ramen, any flavor you want." <laughs> cool. I'm gonna get any flavor, chicken, beef, whatever. Okay? All right. Um, go ahead. All right, you got something? come back without a mic. All right. Joshua.
0: He
3: said he's making me ramen for Mother's Day. What are you making for me? Oh, no. Whatever I want, Mother dear, okay. You know what? I'll talk. You can get anything you want next
1: Sunday on your hot dog. It'll be great. <laughs> All right. Praise the Lord. Forgive us. We're a, we're a strange bunch around here, but we're very happy. So, okay. Uh, listen. I want to talk for a minute this morning before we get into our tithes and offerings about missions because uh, May is. Missions Month at HDWC this year. And, uh, you know, what we have traditionally tried to do every year is to uh, take one month out of the year to highlight our different missionaries because we support a lot of missions. And uh, what we want to do is um, ask the Lord what we can commit to them financially every single month. Because how many of you know, hey, if you're down there in Honduras or Peru or or some of these places, it's really nice to be able to know what you can count on each month uh, to, to keep your missions going and your ministry going over there. And we feel very much, as a High Desert Work Center, that we have a very big role to play in supporting missionaries, not only around the world, but right here locally we support some. And so, today, um, each family here, each household is going to get a missions pledge card. Ushers, uh, go ahead and uh, get ready to pass those out. One to each family. And you're like, well, what in the world is this? Well, what we want you to do is take one of these pledge And we don't want you to fill this out right now. That's not how we do this. We want you to take it home and to pray about it and ask the Lord what he would want you to help pledge to support the missionaries this year. And we're going to collect these cards back on Sunday, May 21st, so two weeks from now. And the reason we'll do that is the third Sunday of every month at High Desert Word Center is Missions Month, where we take up our Missions Offering. And so, as we take these cards, you know, this will be a monthly pledge, and you know, whatever the Lord puts on your heart, uh, and this is what you'll commit to uh, help the missionaries out with on the third Sunday of every month. And so, you know, as we do this, you may think, well, why do we need to be so committed to missions? Why do we have to do so much to help the missionaries out? Well, I was, I was talking to the Lord about that this morning, and a few things came to me, and really, one big reason why we should all help support the missionaries, Missionaries that are out there is you are blessed and better off than the majority of the people in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I should have got a better amen than that this morning because you don't even know. I'm telling man, I have been to St. Petersburg, Russia, and was over there for a month, and it was rough. I've spent some time in the jungle of Nicaragua and Mexico, and you just don't even know. You think, yeah, man, but I'm not driving a BMW right now. How can I help somebody? Man, if you've got some wheels on your car and some food in your refrigerator, you're doing pretty good, people. Amen. And so, I believe, and you should believe too, that as a, you know, blessed Christian, we have a responsibility to help those in need, whether we even realize that or not. Now also, another reason that we're so committed to helping our missionaries is these people have somebody, somewhere, praying for them. And so we're sending Dana and Liz in Vietnam, Nepal, India, and Julius is over there in Nepal and India, and preaching the gospel. And as they're doing that, there's people praying that somebody would send someone to tell their relative or loved one about Jesus. And we are sending those people. And one other reason that we take missions and missionaries so seriously here is several years ago, uh, God told my dad, if you help me reach the world... I'll help you reach your part of the world. And I don't know about you. I've got people right here in Barstow. I've got people right here in the United States. That I believe in God. That they're going to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Amen. And I know this much. The Bible tells me that I reap what I sow. If I'm going to uh, help uh, send missionaries and preachers to other parts of the world to reach lost people, God will send a harvest here in the United States to reach my loved ones that need to receive Jesus too. And I've got friends and family that have not received Jesus just yet. And I'm believing that they will. Is anybody else in that same boat that you've got somebody you care about and they need to receive the Lord Jesus? Amen. Amen. And so really quickly, over the next few weeks, we'll look at a few of our different missionaries and ministries that we support. And I thought that this week would be a great week to talk about two local ministries that we support because we're supporting people all over the world. But part of this mission's money goes right here in Barstow. Two miss- ministries we support every month is New Hope Village and New Life Fellowship. We send a check to them every single month uh, to make sure that they can complete the ministry that they're doing so we can take care of the home front. New Hope Village, they take care of housing needs for uh, some of the local homeless population. Uh, they get them in there, but they don't just give them a roof over their head for a little bit. They're teaching them life skills so they can beat homelessness and never be in that spot again. Doesn't that sound like a pretty good idea right there? Yeah. There's this old saying that if you give a man a fish, you fed him for the day. You teach the man to fish, you can feed him for his whole lifetime. And so I love their motto. They say we're giving a hand up, not a hand out. And so we're sending money to them every single month from High Desert Word Center. And believe it or not, we send money to another church every single month. And that's New Life Fellowship. They're great friends of ours. And uh, uh, someone told me, I've never heard of one church in a small town sending money to a different church in the same small town. I'm like, well, hey, we're weird, but we love it. Amen. And so they're doing a great job and they're doing something that we can't do on micro, they're you know they're in a key location for distributing food, and they're also phenomenal at uh, helping people find the resources they need uh, for different um, aid and financial um, uh, opportunities that are available. And so I'm like, you know what, you guys are much better and called to that than we are. So we'll just we're going to send you some money for that every month, and that's what we do. And so I'm encouraging you that as you pray the next few weeks over this missions card we've listed our missionaries on there and the ministries we support uh, two of those are right here in Barstow and these other ones are all across the world but pray about this and see what God tells you that you can commit to monthly over the next 12 months to do our part to help God reach the world so he can help us reach our part of the world does that make sense to everybody why we take this so seriously let's give the Lord some praise there Well, so you've got two cards on here. One is one that you would keep at your house so you remember, and the other is one that on the 21st you'll put back in the the offering plate so we can know, hey, we got this much coming in every month we can count on to distribute to the missionaries. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and have Mrs. Pastor, or as I call her mom, uh, she's going to do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. Amen. Let's go.
3: All right, everybody. Praise the Lord. If you need an envelope for your offering, raise your hand and our ushers will help distribute that to you. Um, I want to, uh, I'm going to be talking about a tithing scripture today, but I want to give you a chance, if you would like to give an offering today. Sometimes we have uh, people that like to come to events like our mother's son and they just can't afford it. And if you would like to sponsor somebody to come to the mother's son event this this uh this coming Saturday morning, adults are $8, children, I think it's uh, 11 to whatever, I, don't, I forget what I put on the thing. Anyway, they're $6, and children under 5 are free. But if you would like to do that, put that on your offering envelope and say, I want to sponsor somebody to be able to go to the mother's son, okay? So that's just an, an opportunity for you. And so the scripture today, I'm in the New King James, is Hebrews 7 and verse 8. Yeah. This is a, a tithing scripture. You know, we always talk about Malachi three verses eight through twelve. Talks about you know, will a man God rob, and how we're rob God, and how we're supposed to be tithers into our local church. And uh, if you were going to the, remember the Baptist church, I'd tell you the same thing over there. If you remember the Catholic church, I'd tell you the same thing over there. It's God's principle that He set up. It's His financial way that He does things. And I also love about Malachi 3 that he says that if we are tithers, that he will rebuke the devourer for our sakes. So that means that when Satan comes knocking on your door, if you're a tither, you can, you can just shut up. Like when Pastor Dave was three and a half years old, we've been, Pastor and I have been tithing forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. But when he, when he, uh, was stricken with leukemia when he was three and a half, that's the verse that we used. Lord, we're tithers. Satan's trying to devour the life of our son. And you said you would rebuke the devourer for our sake, and he did. Amen. And so, I mean, that's, you can't, you cannot outgive God ever, okay? That's right. So that's 10% of your gross income, and so I want to read this New Testament scripture to you that goes along with that. So, Hebrews 7 and verse 8 says, there, or here, <laughs> I, I need new contacts, here on earth, mortal men receive tithes. In other words, the pastors of the local church Receive your tithes and your offerings when you bring them in. But it says, but there, in heaven, Jesus receives them. So he knows about our giving or our non-giving. He knows how serious we are about, you know, do you trust God with your finances or not? You know, you want to trust him with your soul that you go to heaven someday. But come on, let's get real. Do you trust him with your finances? To me that's fine, that to me that's biblical finance one-on-one. That's basic Christianity. Can you trust God with your money? And he also says in Malachi 3, prove me. Go ahead, prove me. I dare you, he says. Prove me. If you start tithing, if I want to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, you're not even going to have room enough to receive it. Amen. 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 So he's an awesome, awesome God, and I would not I would never think of not tithing. So it says that here that here we receive them, there. Jesus receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Amen. 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 All right. Well, let's say our financial faith confession, and then we'll we'll go into worship. All right. Let's stand up, please. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, graces and bonuses benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises,
2: finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family and to give generously into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, as you worship the Lord with your tithes and offerings, you can join us up here at the altar. Let's praise the Lord.
1: Somebody say amen today. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated or you can make your way to the area you're supposed to be seated in and stand there if you'd like. I don't care. Amen. All right. Well, hey, we're going to get into the Word of God today. And I am flat out excited to begin then to God's Holy Word this morning. Who loves it? Just open up your Bible and let the Lord speak to you. Amen. And man, yeah, you ought to love it, it's great man, it's the best thing in the world Well, listen, we have started a series a couple weeks ago called Grown Ups And what we're talking about is spiritually maturing and growing up And actually I was talking to my wife this morning And as I was just reflecting on some of what we're talking about I'm like, this is mainly to be applied spiritually But really a lot of the stuff we're saying is just flat out Good, honest advice and growing up material, even in the natural realm of things. Some of the things we're talking about apply to the spiritual aspect of your life, but also to the uh, natural aspect of your life. And I'm really enjoying this. Um, The theme of our entire year this year is out of Colossians 2.7, where it says to let your roots grow down into him and uh, let your life be built upon the truth you were taught you will overflow with thankfulness. And so we're talking about being rooted and grounded in the word of God this year. And we are just looking to grow up Who's ready to grow up? Yeah, amen. We should be ready to grow up. And uh, you know, there's things that were cute when you were a little kid. And then you do it when you're 37. And you find out, man, that's not cute anymore. Nobody likes that. It's not what it used to be. And so you should not be in the same level you were five years ago. Or uh, four years ago. Or even last year. We are called to move from faith to faith, as the scripture says. From glory to glory. And we are called to grow. There it is again! Yeah! Let's go! (laughs) Amen. It's uh, going to be great. But, you know, I'm really excited to be getting into this. yeah, let's just get real. Hey, uh, it's one of those days where it seems like lots of different things just didn't seem to be going right. The live stream didn't kick on. The sound didn't go. And I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, this is going to be a good day to preach the word of God. And so that's exactly what we're doing. So who's ready to get in to God's word today? Amen. All right, let's do it. So uh, we're going to be talking about today, Grown Ups Part 3. They weigh the risk versus the reward. They weigh the risk versus the reward. Now, one important skill that successful adults have learned is how to weigh the risk versus the reward. Now, hear me out on this. Immature people and little kids don't have this skill. I'm going to say it again so they hear it in the back. Listen to me. Immature people and little kids don't have this skill. They just do whatever seems like a good idea at the time without weighing the potential consequences. That's why a little kid, you know, they'll jump over some, you know, uh, mud puddle or they'll jump through something or just do crazy things. And you're like, well, what were they thinking? They weren't thinking. All they could see is, man, this would be really fun if I could ramp my bike over this building right here. And they run into the brick wall. Shout out to the guys who do that still. Amen. All right, yeah. <laughs> anyway, So, <Yeah>. listen, <laughs> we love you, Timmy. You're the best. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, sometimes you know you see it. You're like, what were they even thinking? Well, all they saw was the immediate gratification about it would be super cool if I could ramp this thing 300 feet in the air. But they didn't wait. what if my bike doesn't make it that high and it only makes it three inches and then I tumble and I look stupid in front of the girl I was trying to impress.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> hey, if that hits close to home, you just take that and deal with it, okay? So, but as we begin to grow up, there comes a the point in time when we have to realize, like, I really feel like doing this right now. But is the reward of being able to tell that person off and blow up on them worth the risk of damaging that relationship forever? Is it worth the risk of making everybody not take me seriously anymore and ruining my reputation? Let's talk about it. I wasn't going to, but I'm going to now. Listen. The book of Proverbs tells you that a good reputation is worth more than millions in gold and silver. Why would you risk losing your reputation over being able to just blow up on somebody for a few minutes or go have a little fun doing something you shouldn't do and completely ruin your reputation for the rest of your life? This comes in to where a mature person begins to grow. Is the risk worth the temporary reward of what I'm trying to get right now. And so I'm gonna tell you an incredible story out of the book of Genesis, but first of all, if you need an outline for the sermon, raise your hand and they'll give you one. Can you guys hear me okay? Am I I can't am I mic right now? Because I'm gonna yell like Billy Graham, so just be ready. <laughs> I'll do what it takes to get that out there. Alright. So if you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. There's an incredible story. I'm just going to tell the story. You can write down the references in Genesis chapter 25, verses 29 through 34. And it's the story of Jacob and Esau. So there's these two sons of Isaac. and So this makes them the grandchildren of Abraham. And the the, the way that it goes back then is you can give your blessing to the firstborn son. And we're like, okay, well, what's the blessing? What's the big deal about that? You know, people say God bless you all the time. No, this blessing was everything. That means they were leaving you, man, all their possessions, all of their treasures, all of their rights. You got everything. And so getting the father's blessing was a really big deal. And one day, Esau, the oldest brother who owns the rights to the blessing, he comes in from a long hunting trip. And Esau is just one of those guys that he doesn't think long term. He thinks about... Temporary and fast satisfaction. He's kinda of like, I would, I don't know, I imagine him being kinda of like a meathead jock type of guy. And maybe this is mean, I kinda of picture like Ron Gronkowski, you know, the football player. <laughs> anyway, so, just someone like that. A real manly man, but just doesn't always convey that he's, anyway. So, we got Esau comes in from his hunting trip and he's like, man, I am starving. Well, little brother Jacob, he just cooked himself a bowl of beans. A stew with some lentils. And 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 Esau's like, hey, give me some of those, give me some of them beans. And you know, this is the message Bible translation, if you haven't caught maybe the passion translation. This isn't like the literal he this is my my retelling of the story. So he's like, give me some of those beans. And he's like, No, get your own beans, man. And he's, and he's like, I'll do anything. And so little brother says, anything? All right, I'll give you this bowl of beans and lentils if you will sell to me your rights to the blessing as the firstborn son. Who thinks that sounds like an incredible deal? A bowl of beans versus millions of dollars and all sorts of other things. Well, Esau's like, deal, sold, give me the beans. He scarfs the beans down, and next thing you know, he sold away his entire future For a temporary blessing. For temporary comfort. For temporary fulfillment. And we laugh at that we're like, man, (laughs) what a moron. Who would do something like that? (laughs) (laughs) If I had a mirror and put my phone on selfie mode, I've done some dumb things. And I'll tell my story in a minute. But one time I sold my entire blessing for a $30,000 cheeseburger. Yeah, true story. I'm going to tell that in a minute. But listen, there's just some dumb things that we do sometimes, and and it's just so we can get a temporary help, but it's not worth the risk of losing the blessing of God upon your life. And so I'm gonna really quick show you. Actually, I just made fun of this, but uh let's go to Deuteronomy 28, and I'm actually literally gonna read this out of the message Bible for real quick. Um, the message Bible is good, it's not a literal word-for-word translation, it's called a paraphrase. So, anyway, sometimes you know it's got some pretty uh pretty modern uh uh rendering of the stories, but Deuteronomy 28 is a very interesting chapter because it lists the blessings of Of obeying God under the law of Moses. Alright? And so, like the first 14-15 verses are all the blessings, the rewards for obeying God under the law of Moses. And then like the next 50-some verses are the curse for disobeying God under the law of Moses. And the curse is nasty. It is bad. And thank God, according to Galatians 3, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So nowadays, if I, you know, don't obey everything to the teeth, I'm not gonna break out in boils and my children won't be sold, you know, into captivity. That's really good news. But, there's still this. If I don't obey God's word, I'm certainly not gonna have the blessings just dumped out upon my life like He wants to. And so we're gonna read these 14 verses. I'll read pretty quick, because usually I don't read this. Large section of verses all at once in a sermon, but I want to read these. And these are some of the blessings for obeying God under the law of Moses. And we've always got a smart aleck or that that'll say, hey, that was the law of Moses. We don't live under the law. Who's that person? Just identify yourself. Now. Okay, we found you. Alright, listen. If you're that guy, write this verse down. Hebrews 8 verse 6. It tells us that, hey, as a New Testament Christian, Listen, you have a better covenant with better promises than Moses had. Alright? And so, we're going to read some really great things here for obeying God. And to the person who says, yeah, that was for the law of Moses, I'm going to say, wow, that's exciting. I've got an even better promise than this with better promises, a better covenant with better promises. So as we read this, yes, yes. God does still bless you for obeying Him and doing what His Word says. But it's even better than this. So I'm going to go quick. Deuteronomy 28. I'm going to start here, I think, at verse 2 uh, through 14. It says, All these blessings will come down on you and spread out beyond you because you have responded to the voice of God your God. God's blessing inside the city. All the city people should say amen. amen. God's blessing in the country. All the rednecks ought to say amen. Oh, yeah. That's me. I grew up out in the woods. I was actually a hillbilly, not a redneck. My bad. So, anyway. um, God's blessing on your children. If you got kids, who wants God to bless your kids for you? That's no joke right there. The crops of your land. The young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flocks, God's blessing on your basket and bread bowl. Who wants God to bless your family with enough food? You ought to be, amen, God wants you to be able to feed your kids and feed them good. God's blessing in your coming in, God's blessing in your going out. God will defeat your enemies who attack you. They'll come at you on one road and run away on seven roads. That's good news. Someone say amen. 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 God will order a blessing on your barns and on, look at this, your workplaces. Some of you complain about your job all the time. You do. Let's just hear you do. And so listen. (laughs) Listen. Wouldn't it be great if you had the blessing of God... On Fort Irwin, on Santa Fe, on the Marine Base, at Walmart, at the school district, whatever it is you do, if you have the blessing of God, it wouldn't matter if it wasn't perfect conditions. You've got a perfect God that can smooth out the road ahead of you. Your job shouldn't be torture. You shouldn't hate going in there. You know, what's that, boss? Well, man, get the blessing of God on your life. Let's go, because nobody liked that one. Okay, listen. He says, He'll bless you in the land that God, your God, has given you. God will form you as a people, holy to Him, just as He promised you, if you keep the commandments of God, your God, and live the way He has shown you. Who wants the blessing of God? Obey Him and live the way that He's shown you. Thank you very much. That's all I've got today. Amen. No, we're going to keep going. All the peoples on earth will see you living under the name of God and hold you in respectful awe. God will lavish you with good things, children from your womb, offspring from your animals, and crops from your land, the land that God promised your ancestors that he would give you. God will throw open the doors of his sky vaults and pour rain on your land, on schedule, and bless the work you take in hand. You will lend to many nations, but you yourself will not have to take out a loan. I like that. I don't want to owe a penny to anybody in this world. The New Testament says to owe no man anything but to love him. Why should I, as a child of God, have to go beg into this world for a few pennies so I have to pay them back a bunch of dollars on my pennies?
0: Yeah.
1: Part of the blessing is I'll, I'll help them out, but I don't have to go beg into them. God will make you the head, not the tail. You'll always be the top dog, never the bottom dog. yeah. Hey, yeah. All right. Now, that's where it gets a little loose with the word, but I'm okay. It's- As you obediently listen to and diligently keep the commands of God your God that I'm commanding you today, don't swerve an inch to the right or left from the words that I command you today by going off, following, and worshiping other gods. This right here is an example of the blessing that God wants for His children to have. And you'd say, man, I thought that God only wanted me to get into heaven. No, no, no. No, He wants your life to be blessed here on earth before you even get to heaven. Now, we realize where we're at now, this will never hold a candle to what heaven is, but you don't have to live in hell on earth until you get to heaven. What kind of a good father wants their kids to be tortured and, and broke and miserable and depressed? Well, that's how I teach them. I I I, I torture them. I, I put sickness on them. I, I I want my kids to be in poverty so they'll learn something. There's a better way than that to teach the children. Amen. I want my kids to know how to value a dollar, but that doesn't mean I got to take everything away from them, right? That's not the will of the Father. God wants His children blessed. So there is a blessing for obedience, but it is also possible. For us to forfeit the blessing. That doesn't mean God puts a curse on you. Because you have been redeemed from the curse. But it is possible that you step outside of the blessing of God on your life. And sell your blessing for a bowl of beans. Or I mean you know it could be something else in your case. But you could sell and get rid of the blessing of God. And so anytime... I'm tempted with something in life. I ask myself this question. Is this worth more than risking the blessing of God on my life and on my family and on my church? With this moment of fun, with this moment of whatever, with getting this off my chest and just annihilating people with my words, Really be worth losing the blessing of God on my wife, on my children, on my church, and on my life? The answer is always no. There is nothing in this world worth more than the blessing of God on our life. Do you get that today? And so I I found out that we're given opportunities on nearly a daily basis to sell our blessing for something else. It could be a moment of pleasure. It may be doing something that goes against your personal convictions. It might be making a quick buck. You know that just because it's easy money doesn't mean it's right money.
0: Right. Right.
1: All right? And the list goes on and on. But I'll tell you this much. Spiritually mature people can say no when they're supposed to say no. Right. All right? so let's get into the message today. That was, hey, that was just the intro. We're going to get into the message now. Amen? Yeah. Let's go. So... <laughs> Alright, let's get into the Word of God. Uh, Let's pray one more time. I feel we need it today. (laughs) Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that we are coming to you with open hearts, open minds, open ears. And I pray in Jesus' name that you will speak to each person here today. Lord, you know what we need to hear. And so I pray that you would get the truth to our hearts. Help us have soft hearts that are ready to receive the word. Change us today, for your glory. In Jesus' name, can someone say amen? amen? Amen. Let's look at a few things. This could be a very long list, but we've just put a few things down here. Things that people risk their blessing for. And uh, again, we're talking about being spiritually mature. As you grow up, you can learn to say no to some of these things. The first thing is this, money. Number one, people will risk their blessing for money. And so, wait a minute, so it's a sin to have money? no. It's not a sin to have money. God would like for you to be blessed. Amen. In fact, 3 John, verse 2, says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And so, the Lord's not against you having money, but he is against money having you. Amen. Amen? Money makes a good servant. When I make it do good things, but it makes a terrible master because it makes me do really bad things and make very bad compromises and risks that I shouldn't take. And so maybe someone's saying, well, how would I sell the blessing for money? Well, listen to me. When you do something for money that goes against what the Bible says or against your own personal convictions, you're selling your blessing for money. All right, now I'm going to tell you about the thirty-thousand-dollar cheeseburger. Now, a lot of you have heard about the thirty-thousand-dollar cheeseburger. Amen. It's one of my most shameful moments in life. I'm embarrassed and I'm ashamed, and that's why I'm just putting myself on blast. So, one day in 2000, I think it was 15. I'm pretty sure it was 15. I went to a local eating establishment, which I will go ahead and name. The name is Carl's Jr. And you're like, they have a $30,000 cheeseburger? When you're a doofus, they have one of those. Yeah, like I was. And so uh, I, I go, and I'm in a hurry, going through the drive-thru, and, uh, and I pay real quick, and I take off. And I realize that they gave me $5 back in change instead of a $1 bill. They were supposed to give me a $1. They gave me a 5 and an extra cheeseburger that I will never forget for the rest of my life. And so, you know, I, I didn't notice till later. I get home and, you know, tossing the food to the kids because I think we have some place to be. And then I realized, like, oh, wait, they gave me a five and an extra cheeseburger. Sweet. Then I was like, wait, no, 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 that's not right. Um, I, I got to get back there. I'll pay them for this cheeseburger and I'll give them the change. I'll get to it. Well, I, I, I didn't have time that night. And then the next day, I'm thinking, okay, I'll get there and do it today. Well, I forgot about it again. Then as time went on, I would very consistently be reminded of this from the Holy Spirit. Get in there and make things right. And you're probably thinking, a cheeseburger, listen, it's still wrong, and it is still stealing. Unless you go in there and say, hey, you guys gave this to me, and then they say, no, just keep it, then it's okay. But as Christians, we don't steal nothing. Nothing. It'll cost you more than the price, the fair market value of that cheeseburger. And it it wasn't even that good. So, here we go. (laughs) So, all the time. And here's the worst part. I lived by Carl's Judo. I drove past it five times a day. And so I'd be going by, oh, oh, get in there and give them that. And, And after a while though, after a while, I eventually forgot all about it and kept moving on. Because the more you ignore the Holy Spirit and your convictions, you get calloused and you no longer feel it anymore and it no longer bothers you anymore. That's why the first time you did Make a certain thing wrong Looked at something you shouldn't look at Smoked something you shouldn't smoke drank something. You... At first, you're like, oh, I know I shouldn't do this This is wrong The second, third, fourth time, you feel bad Ten times in, you don't even feel it anymore right. Is that because it's no longer bad? No, it's because you've calloused your heart before God right. You're welcome for that word today right? That's what you came for, you wanted that So, anyway, back to the cheeseburger uh, a, a couple months go by and all of a sudden, the floodgates of disaster opened on my life. Our furnace goes out. There's thousands of dollars. Um, our, our washer and dryer go out. There's thousands of dollars. Massive car trouble. There's a bunch of money. And then one day, the day before Thanksgiving, 2015, I'm pretty sure it could have been 14, but I think it was 15, I go walking through my bedroom when I hear, And I'm like, let me try that again because I don't usually hear that sound. Then <laughs> I, I go in and, okay. And I look down and my socks are soaked, and I'm like, honey, is that like is this normal? And and she comes, the whole everything soaked. And then I start to see like the the, 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 the uh, baseboard and stuff were getting all wet. A pipe that broke in the wall and just gushed out water everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And the damage was getting really bad. And so we call and, you know, the the insurance comes out and all this stuff. And next thing you know, we've just got a bad situation on our hands. And and then I'm like, what's going on here? Well, then a couple days later, my car gets broken into and my iPod gets stolen. Now you're like, well, listen, some of you younger kids, before iPhones, there's a thing called iPod. I did youth group a couple years ago, and one of the kids from this church was like, I was like, you know, guys, yes, I'm a little bit older now. And, and and one of the one of your teenagers, I won't tell you which one, was like, wow, you probably remember when the Apple Watch came out, huh? Like, that was like three years ago, wasn't it? <laughs> See I mean, I'm old, but seriously, that should not be that impressive. Anyway. So My eye pocket's stolen, and everything's just going, you know, to the pits. And finally, I'm like, God, tell me, and I'll fix it. What? What's going on? I know you're not cursing me, because he wouldn't do that, but where's the blessing? Where's the protection? What's going on? And all of a sudden, through my mind, goes this cheeseburger. (laughs) And I'm like, it's the Cheeseburger? A cheeseburger did this to me! I was so mad. And I'm like, yeah, I know that it's the cheeseburger that did this. And it's really I did this to myself. I wanted to blame the cheeseburger, but I couldn't because God told me 500 times to fix the situation. And so what did I do? I got a $10 bill. I walked right into Carl's Jr. Can I speak to your manager now? And they thought I was some angry customer over at Pickles or something. I walked in, and she, and, it, and she comes she comes out, and I told her the whole story. I slapped it on the table, and I walked out the door as they were all laughing their heads off. And I'm like, it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: if only you knew how much that
1: steak and cheeseburger cost me, you wouldn't be laughing, lady. And so couple days later, I go into the 99 cent store to buy some pumpkins. I paid for 12, I get out to the car, there's 13 pumpkins. I was in a hurry, but I was like, not today, devil, you're not doing this I put that pumpkin under my arm, and I, I was stand I look like a running back, you know, doing spin moves and everything, and I got in there, I was like, I demand to pay for this pumpkin now. <laughs> So anyway, we laugh at Esau for selling his blessing for a bowl of beans while well, I sold mine for a cheeseburger and a five dollar bill. But here's the good news. The Lord is rich in love and slow to anger and he forgave me. I made things right. I didn't defend my stupidity. I publicly put myself on blast at least five times now over this. And listen, I got the blessing of God open again upon my life. All right? I'm going a little bit, uh, I'm going to put this verse on the speaker term there, James 4:17. listen. James 4:17. because you're like, I, I don't get it, that's not that big of a deal. Well, listen, the, the, the closer you get to God, the more you grow up, the more you're accountable for it. Yeah. I maybe mean, you just got saved last week, God would probably let something like that slide. But listen, you want to call yourself a big boy, a big girl, a grown-up spiritually? It's great, because the Lord can trust you with more. But you're also held accountable for more things than you used to be held accountable for. That's why all these kids and teenagers all the time, Man, I can't wait until I grow up. I've got freedom! Uh Freedom's great, but it also stinks It was awesome when someone could just tell me no And make my decisions for me Yeah, that was so cool I didn't like it at the time But, you know, they were responsible for the consequences at that point Now, I've got to make decisions every day And so do you That are not only affect my life But others' lives and hundreds of people's lives And you're, you know, the same way in your spot And so, yeah, the freedom's great But there's a big weight that comes with freedom James 4.17, it says, Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. So, well, the Bible doesn't say it's a sin to take that cheeseburger. Well, listen, if you know what you should do and you don't do it, it's a sin. It is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. And I believe, you know, I've heard so many of you guys talk about your own similar cheeseburger stories. Lawrence has a great one with potato chips from Stater Brothers, I've heard others, you know, where you, hey, you do the right thing because is the reward of a free cheeseburger worth losing the blessing of God in your life? It's not. I can tell you it's not. And so, But I believe another way that people risk their blessing for money is by letting work pull you out of church. Amen. This is 2023, not 1923. Why would not you say something like that? Wait, God's morals change because we're in new times? No, no. The, 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 the truth stays the same. God's morals, the Bible stays the same. Even if it becomes 2023 or 2123... Right's going to be right, and wrong's going to be wrong. And one thing that I've seen so many times is some people testify about their awesome new job. Man, i just got a new job, a new promotion. Woo! I'm making double the money. The only downside is I won't really get to see my family anymore, and I won't get to go to church anymore. But it's okay, because I'm making the big bucks now. Enjoy your fat paycheck by yourself. Probably someday without your family and without the blessing of God. I hope it's worth it. Is that, that, that's pretty harsh. Okay. That's, that's not, that came out harder. (laughs) That hit hard. That that came out a little harder than I thought it was going to. But it's still the truth. I'd rather have my wife and kids than, than a bunch of money, to be honest. I'd rather have my church and the blessing of God and the peace of God than any amount of money in this world. Matthew 6.24, it's on your outline. I'm going to put it on the screen too. I'm going to move a little bit quick because that cheeseburger story took a few seconds there. But Matthew 6.24, it says, No man can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. Here it is. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. You can't. I mean, go ahead and try. But if you're trying to serve two masters, you're going to end up hating one because it's going to keep you away from the other one. Amen. Money, if that's going to be your master, it'll keep you away from doing the things of God eventually. Or if God's going to be your master, uh, there's going to be times that you walk away from different money situations. And if you love money so much, you're like, oh man, I, you're going to start to become a little bit bitter towards God for holding you back for money. But the truth is, is when you give up some money for God, he'll always make up for it in the end with something else. That's but, the truth. He'll always make up for it somewhere else. And, you know, he went on to say anybody that's given up houses... Or or our possessions, or even some mothers, brothers, and sisters, for my sake. Oh, they'll get twice that back in the kingdom of God. And so I'm telling you today that when we make some sacrifices for some of these things, the reward is worth it. God will pay you back when you give up something for Him. I'm going to tell you that this morning. Amen. And in fact. Another verse, just write it down I'm just, you know, going fast But Proverbs 10, 22 says The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich And he adds no sorrow with it So hey, you get the blessing gone in your life Yeah, you very well could become rich But you don't have to have the sorrow that goes with it That's a pretty good deal this morning, isn't it? You guys are getting quiet I'm going to talk about You're probably going to really get quiet on this next one Because nobody wants to hear this
0: Things people risk their
1: blessing for. Number two is sin. Number two is sin. We don't talk about sin anymore. It's the no, 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 no. We 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 don't talk about it all the time, but we still do talk about it sometimes. And you're just unfortunate that this is one of those times. So you gotta remember that this whole life is temporary. Somebody say temporary. temporary. God wants us to enjoy it, but I'm telling you, at the very best. You're here on this earth for maybe like a hundred years at the best. Maybe a little bit more than that, probably a little bit less than that. You're in the next life for over a million, two million, three million, five billion, six trillion, it's eternal, it doesn't end. So why would I want to do things that could make me happy in this life, even if I get a hundred years of happiness out of it and risk the next 5 billion, trillion, zillion, never-ending years of being separated from God and, you know, being in a place we call hell. Is the risk worth the reward? Every decision a grown, mature Christian and even just a grown, mature adult asks themselves that question. Is the risk worth the reward? And, you know, we've all done stupid things that have cost us a lot more than we anticipated in the end. Am I the only one? You don't have to tell your story, but raise your hand if you did something dumb because, you know, hey, he was really good looking and, you know, I thought I should date him. Or she was really pretty, so, you know, and it cost you a little bit more than you originally wanted to pay. Three people out of, uh, you know, wow. Somebody else come up here and preach this. I'm not calling. Amen. And I often wonder what I'll be doing the moment that Jesus comes back and I hear the trumpet. You ever think about that? I mean, if you never think about eternity, you need to grow up and start thinking about it because it's coming. And it's a real thing. If you never think about heaven, I don't know why. I enjoy thinking about heaven. And my wife and others laugh at me because sometimes you'll just walk by and I've got a blank stare on my face. What are you thinking about? And you know, like... He's thinking about his 401k, he's thinking about his stocks. True story, I don't, I probably shouldn't tell this, I'll lose all respect, but. I'm gonna, should I, should I tell? Yeah. Alright, so, uh, Friday, I've had a long week just to be uh, transparent, you know, we baptized 14 people last Sunday, it was great, and, you know, I had two awesome services, then the rest of the week I've been working around the clock on the National Day of Prayer. And then Friday, we volunteered at the kids' school for a -a bike-a-thon. Hi. (laughs) That's going to happen. All right. Just give us a few weeks. So I I volunteer for like this five or six hours in Victorville. It's freezing cold, and the wind's blowing 500 miles an hour. So finally, Friday night was the first chance that I have got to just sit down for a minute and eat a chimichanga. Because sometimes you need that, all right? And so I was sitting down at Josh's house, and, and no one's asking me questions. No one's asking me for anything. It's the first time in about 30 days that I've had this opportunity. And so I'm sitting there munching a chimichanga. Yeah, <laughs> And so, Pastor Katie and some, you know, and one of the girls walks by I'm like, what are you thinking about? And I, I didn't want to answer, but I knew you shouldn't lie. I was like, honestly, you want to know what I'm thinking about? Do I have permission to tell you what I'm thinking about? They're like, yeah, we won't get mad. I'm like, I'm thinking about the DuckTales theme song. <laughs> <laughs> <was> <laughs> Man, serious.
0: And I think we can all agree, if
1: you grew up in the 90s and make the 80s, it's undeniable. That is the hardest-hitting cartoon intro theme song all the time. Man. That bass line kicks in. And so I'm just like, man, how did they... That was, oh, that was incredible. And then I got some drones, and the women left the room, and I felt like a real loser. But... Uh, shouldn't. That, what, what does that have to do with the name? So,
0: sometimes though,
1: if I just got a blank stare on my face, and you're like, what's he thinking about? It could be a cartoon theme song, or it could be, I'm just thinking about heaven, man. Because heaven is a real place, and we really are going there if we have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And if we haven't, then we've got another destination. And so sometimes though I got to stop and think listen what am I gonna be doing when Jesus returns and I hear that trumpet do, do I want to is this a spot that I want to be in if he comes back and I'm looking at something on my phone I shouldn't be looking at there you go. that's embarrassing <laughs> I'm Again, smoking something, I shouldn't be smoking, drinking something, I shouldn't be drinking, hanging out with someone, I shouldn't be hanging out. I hear the trumpet, I look up and Jesus Christ is standing in the clouds. What in the world am I going to say? Oh my, give me like five minutes and I'll fix it. No, no, hey, when he comes back, he's back and it's over with. You don't get to change that time frame. Not even the son of man himself gets to choose the time anymore. So all I'm saying is, is the risk worth the reward of temporary happiness? And there's a guy in the Bible, Judges 16. Let's flip over there. Judges 16. Are you with me today? Are you happy you came to church anyway today? Judges 16. And we're going to look here at verses 19 through 21. Judges 16 We'll look at verses 19 through 21. So we got this guy named Samson. You ever heard of him? So Samson is a guy that his mother prayed for a son for a long time. And and an angel of the Lord appeared and said that, hey, you are going to have a son. But here's the thing. You have to dedicate this boy to the Lord. And and so he gave her a list of things that this son of hers was never to participate in, and some rules. Uh, he he couldn't drink wine. He couldn't eat raisins. You know, hey, it's God's business. And he also could never cut his hair, ever. And these were uh, some of the things that the Lord put out there, and it's called a Nazarite vow. And so she made this vow and and dedicated this boy to the Lord. So Samson, in return, was given incredible superhuman strength. He killed lions with his bare hands. He killed 1,000 Philistine soldiers with the jawbone of a donkey. One time he caught 300 foxes and tied their tails together in pairs and lit them on fire and sent them through the Philistine camp. They actually did their grain fields. Like, that's pretty bizarre. It's bizarre, but I'm just telling you, it's a true story. And these are some of the things that Samson was able to do because of his superhuman strength and the blessing of God. But he had to always keep the vow, or his strength would leave him, he would lose the blessing of God on his life. And so Samson was great, except he had one weakness. What was that weakness? The ladies. The women. Especially really bad ones. And so he got involved with an immoral woman named Delilah. And I know great people named Delilah. They're just This is a bad one right here. And so we've got a great one here in church. So I don't want to make her human. But here's the thing. He tells the secret of his strength to this bad woman. Now boys, teenagers, when mama warns you about a bad boy or a bad girl, you ought to listen. To Mama Mama has experienced some things, and Daddy, some things that uh, you have not experienced, and they may not be so dumb. Who wishes that maybe you had listened to Mom and Dad about someone before him? All right? And so, anyway, he sells it all out the window, and Delilah is a two-faced traitor of a woman. And so... <laughs> And so she, the Philistines, they 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 tell her, "Hey, we'll pay you all this money if you can get the secret to his strength out of them." And so she keeps begging him, "Tell me the secret, please. Do you do you really love me?" And she batted her eyes and you know and all this bad stuff. And so he would tell her a fake thing, and then the Philistines would come in and it would be a lie. Well, finally, Samson tells her the truth. If my hair were to be cut. It's a vow my mom made to God when I was a kid. Uh, I will lose everything. He actually tells her the truth. And so here's what happens. Judges 16 verse 19. Delilah, this bad woman, lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. And then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. In this way, she began to bring him down. Began to bring him down. And his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson! The Philistines have come to capture you! When he woke up, he thought, I'll do as before and shake myself free. Uh oh. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. He sold his blessing for a girl. So the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza, where he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. This is one of the saddest stories in the Bible. This was an anointed and powerful and respected man of God. But he couldn't control his lust, and he sold out the blessing of God. He turned his back on God For a girl. And now, not only did he lose his strength, the enemy has captured him. They gouged out his eyeballs and he's grinding grain. They tied him up like you would a mule and made him walk in circles with chains grinding grain in the prison like an animal. What a disgusting and sad story. Now we'll pick up the rest of the story. Uh, because one day all the Philistines, they're idol worshippers, they're drunkards, they're bad people. One day they were having a festival at the temple of their god Dagon, that's who they worship. They all got drunk and brought Samson out in front of the crowd so they could laugh at the man of God. Oh, here's this Hebrew, this man of God. Let's get some laughs at his expense. So they bring him out and they they tie him up to the pillars in front of the temple and they want him to be their entertainment. They're going to throw things at him. They're going to mock him. They're going to mock God that he serves, which is the worst of all. And here's what happens at the very last moment of Samson's life. Look at verse 27. Now the temple was completely filled with people. All the Philistine rulers were there and there were about 3,000 men And women on the roof who were watching as Samson amused them. He was just their entertainment. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh God, please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple, pushing against them with both hands. And he prayed, one of the saddest prayers in the whole Bible. Let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. So he killed more people when he died than he had during his entire lifetime. And some people look at that and like, yeah, what a great ending. He killed all his enemies right at the very end in one last moment of strength. And I look at that and I'm like, how sad that a man of God, his final words were, just let me die with the pagans and idol worshipers. Well, it was, it was God's plan. That wasn't the plan of God. Just because something bad happens in your life, that doesn't mean it was the plan of God. He said in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for good, not for disaster. To give you a hope and a future. Amen. Well, that didn't happen to me. Well, hey, somewhere along the way, you must have steered off course from what God's plan was. But that doesn't mean that it was God's plan for you to go down like that. And so in this story, what do we see here? We see a person that was mighty, that was talented, that was famous, that was powerful, that at one point had been used by God, but he didn't weigh the risk versus the reward. And it cost him everything. And so in our lives today, hey, we're talking about being a spiritual grown-up right now, Isn't the risk worth the reward? Is it worth losing everything just so you can have a little bit of temporary fun? No, it is not. And as an adult and as a mature Christian, you weigh that risk and you say, you know what? No, it ain't worth losing my family over. It ain't worth losing the blessing of God upon my life. And so the last thing we'll say today is this. We'll take communion here in a few minutes. But the last thing we'll say is this. Number three things that people risk their blessing for is temporary comfort. Temporary comfort. And I've seen so many people over the years that I am certain God wanted to bless and use, but they were just too stinking lazy. Thank you for your holy silence. (laughs) Listen, there's people who may even be hard workers at their place of employment or their job. But when it comes to spiritual things, they're lazy. I know, I know you don't know anybody like this, but I know people that they will get up every day, seven days a week to go to the gym. And eat healthy and say no to certain foods and certain drinks, they'll get up and carve out time seven days a week to take care of their natural body because they want it to be toned and looking good for beach season. But they won't give God one hour or two hours a week to take care of their spiritual self. What do we call that? We call that shallow, we call that vanity. We call that immaturity, and uh, again, just flat out gross. Yo, no, 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 me and God, we're good, we we, we got this thing, we made it. No, 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 no. Hey, if you're serving God on some terms and agreement that you drew up, somebody say pride? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, me and God, we made this agreement, blah, blah, blah. What kind of fool would say something like that? You don't come to him on your terms You come on his terms Listen, I've heard it said <laughs> I've heard it said, and it's the truth Don't say you go to jail for your faith If you don't even go to church for your faith I don't know people say dumb stuff like that Man, he's my all and I'll do anything for him Yeah, right Then the government comes during COVID and says You can't go to church so you don't go Oh my bad, I shouldn't have, my bad No, No, I should have said that Listen to me We serve him on his terms Alright, let's go Uh, Go to Hebrews chapter 11 But we're talking about To walk in the blessing of God Sometimes we have to get out of our comfort zones I'll just tell you this much I'm glad Noah didn't care more about his comfort than building an ark. Well, why is that? Uh, do the math. You wouldn't be alive right now if everybody had died. Alright? Uh, I'm glad David didn't care more about his comfort than facing the giant. I'm glad that Daniel didn't care more about his comfort than praying to his God three times a day. And I'm glad that Jesus Christ didn't care more about his comfort than dying on the cross.
0: Hallelujah.
1: In 2011, I had my personal wake-up call. Uh, man, I just, the best way to describe me up until that point would be a carnal Christian. Well, what's that? I was immature. Yeah, but weren't you, you been, yeah, I'd been through Bible college. I was out in full-time ministry, but I feel like I was spiritually immature and a carnal Christian. And so, uh, God had to get a hold of me, and in 2011, I got my wake-up call, and 12 years later, oh, it is still resonating loud and clear. And, uh, you know, I, I began getting up at 4 a.m. or so every morning back then and making time for God. And before then, God would get, you know, if I had extra time available, like, you know what, yeah, got an extra five minutes, yeah, let's get that Bible out, let's do this. That's not, that, no, that, don't expect that to be the depth of your spirituality and be some, Giant killing David Some ark building Noah It doesn't work that way Listen, you're going to have to take this thing A little bit more seriously If you're going to grow in the Lord And you're kind of looking at me right now Like you don't agree with that But I'm just telling you from experience It's the truth If you will make time to discipline your body So it can look great But on the inside You look real gnarly and nasty Yeah Hebrews 11, we're going to look at verses 24 through 27, and this is known as the faith chapter, or the the hall of fame for faith, and what we're talking about in these couple of verses is Moses. Now you realize that Moses grew up a pretty posh lifestyle. He grew up in the king's house, in the castle, in the palace. I mean, he he was adopted into the royal family, and he had basically anything he wanted. But he gave it all up to follow God. God's asking me to give up my Xbox for a week. I don't think I can do it. Wow. Hebrews 11, verse 24. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, it was by faith, he refused ...to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter...